Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined by Sam Gertler, writer, media member at Mavs Moneyball. Sam, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Nick. How are you? I am great. We're here doing another one of these player previews. We've been doing a couple of these now, and uh, this is on top of the normal Locked On Mavs you've been listening to. So if you're like, hey, where's my normal Locked On Mavs? We're still doing it. It's still happening. But this is on top of that. We're doing these for the Mavs Moneyball player previews. So go check out that. That should be up right now on uh, Mavs Moneyball. And if not, it should be up within the next six hours or so. So don't, don't fret if it's not there. It'll come. So, all right. Today we are talking about Wes Matthews. And Sam... Wes has been a player that, man, has gotten, if not Dwight Powell, Wes has gotten the most hate of any Maverick this entire summer. And then there was the Nerlens Noel stuff. I put that in a different category. But Wes has just gotten a lot of hate from fans. Uh, so I'm curious, what is your biggest question for, for Wes going forward? Yeah, um, Wes has gotten a lot of hate. And, you know, I get pretty frustrated with uh, the streaky shooting um, disappearing on the offensive end. But at the end of the day, Wes took as much money as he was offered, which, I mean, we would all do that. So we can't get too mad about that. And then was the, given more. <laughs> exactly. Um, he did what every sane person would do. Um, but I think the biggest question is it just goes back to that contract. Um, and, and can Wes Matthews uh, – maybe live up to that contract? Can he play to that contract standards? Um, that's what it all circles around and stems from. Um, and I was doing some research as I was uh, writing the player preview. Um, and Wesley Matthews is making um, about the same money as Clay Thompson and Jimmy Butler. And so when you put it like that, <laughs> yeah. it looks it looks pretty bad. Because um, no offense to, to Wes, I love him to death and the Glad he's a Maverick, but he's just not the same um, caliber player as Thompson and Butler. But you keep looking through the, that list of um, salaries, and you see that Wes is also making the same amount amount of money as players like Evan Turner or Evan Fournier or Kent Bazemore. Um, and that kind of puts it into a little bit um, better perspective. Uh, is Wesley, Wesley Matthews making more money than he probably should? Yeah. But when you think about how the, the market exploded a few summers back, um, this is just kind of the cost of business. Um, and in my mind, Wes Matthews is um, a lot more valuable and a lot more impactful than players like Evan Turner or, or Kent Bazemore. No offense, but I'd go to battle with Wes Matthews over them any day of the week. Yeah, um, we uh, we ranked the, the starting small forwards and and I think we I think they have Bazemore as a shooting guard and they uh, we ranked him as like the a bottom five starting shooting guard. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's just, a, it's just not working out for him in Atlanta. 
that contract looks a lot worse than Wes Matthews' contract. Yeah, I, th- I think the Wes Matthews' contract and the whole situation with fans being upset with Wes Matthews' contract is that you've gotten to a point where the Mavericks haven't had a ton of terrible contracts. Like you have Dwight Powell, and then now you you know you say you have Wes Matthews. And some would some would even say like last year Dirk's contract was bad because he's you know getting max money and he's not necessarily that level of player, right. but you know that that's understandable you know definitely to an extent once you look past numbers once you look past you know just the numbers at face value, but there comes to a point where if your front office is being run like decently, <laughs> then every little mistake becomes so much bigger because those are the only mistakes that you have. Whereas if you look at the Nets, like look at what the Nets are doing. I mean, man, if this fan base was attached to what the Nets have done, like what the Nets did like the last five years or so, they would I mean, they would just die. Like wouldn't they just fall over and like roll over or what the Knicks have done or, you know, things like that. And I think it's it's almost like this entitlement where – like oh like we you know we deserve this blah 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 and then now just because this is a little bit bad like this contract is a little bad now all of a sudden it's you know you get the comparisons of oh he's not as worth as much as Clay Thompson blah 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 you can't look at these things in a vacuum and look at them compared to other things there's markets and there's other things there's other decisions that need to be made and so looking at Wes Matthews it's not a terrible contract um, but my my big question is going back to you is is he going to pl- pick up the player option in 2018 because if he does then we're looking at a different season this year and if he doesn't then we're looking at a very different season than maybe we expect yeah i i mean i think he would be crazy not to pick up that player option that's another 17 18 million dollars that is that he's going to make after this season and uh i think wes is 30 years old now he'll be 31 um if not before the season right at the beginning of the season coming off uh, an Achilles injury um, that, like you and Dalton were talking about uh, today or yesterday's pod, um, that that injury is just something that is historically difficult to come back from. Um, And so to to be frank, Matthews is on the, the, the downhill turn of his prime. So to leave that kind of money on the table, um, to try to get an even bigger contract or just uh, an extension of some sorts. Uh, that just seems kind of crazy to me to go into free agency at that point, especially at a time when there's not going to be too many teams with a lot of money out there to spend. So um, it just seems like all signs would be pointing back to us picking up that player option. Um, and at the end of the day, th- that's, that's good for Dallas. I mean, uh, someone with Wes's um, veteran savvy and experience and shooting and defense you know, I mean, you could do a lot worse, like we kind of were discussing earlier <laughs> yeah. with the other contracts. Yeah, and that's a good point when saying that what what teams like what money is going to be available next summer? Because Alex Kennedy came out with a piece today um, from Hoops Hype and said that there are only going to be like five teams next year with with cap room, and I think it's Atlanta, Chicago, uh, the Lakers, Dallas, and there's one more team I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's there's just only five teams. I mean, even just that number of teams is you know showing me that there isn't a ton of, you know, available money. And so what what happens is these guys get, get overpaid when there's too much money and they teams just feel like they have to spend it. They have to either hit the salary cap floor or they have to just fill out roster spots. And so they're trying, you know, they get to outbidding each other. If there's not money there, you end up with a Nerlens Noel situation where there's just nothing there. So if Wes Matthews, like you said, if he does 
turn down the player option, tries to go out and get something better. This could be a Nerlens Noel situation all over again, and he ends up back in Dallas for a, you know a good deal, <laughs> which right. you know that'd be different than Nerlens because he's you know a young player and we want to sign him long term. But Wes on a deal like Nerlens is, then that would be incredible. Now I obviously know, and I, if you listen to this podcast, you know that the qualifying offer restricted free agency. That's all very different, but I think the the format and just the the ideas of it could could be the same. So for the for the Mavericks though, I think. Him turning down that option is probably the best case scenario because for the Mavericks, and I'm not talking about Wes as a player yet, but best case scenario for the Mavericks with Wes is he turns down the option because he's played so well during the season that he thinks he can get more in the open market. And then now they have this situation where there's maybe not as much money out there. Then he turns it down and then he comes back for a lower deal. And he's a good player at that point. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I mean, I, pre- I previously mentioned that it'd be a good thing uh, for Dallas if Wes uh, picked up that player option and stayed one more year. Obviously, the, the contract is kind of an albatross, so let's just put it that way. Um, if they could get out of paying him $17, $18 million, that's a good thing. And sign him to an even cheaper deal, even better. Um, so, yeah, if Wes somehow just plays lights out this year, um, thinks he can get a better offer out on the market and then um, money dries up again and, and we're getting him on a cheaper deal, then yeah, that's just, that's a kind of a, a pipe dream scenario for Dallas next off season. If you ask me. Yeah. I, I think if, for the worst case scenario for Dallas is he doesn't play well, he continues to decline. Maybe, you know, the injury sort of rears his ugly head again. He loses another step of explosiveness. Um, something like that and then he picks up the the offer he picks up the option and not only do we have another we have a player on the books for 18 million but he's not a player even remotely worth that now I, his decline has not been as steep and i think a guy of his skill set the decline isn't going to be super steep maybe on the defensive end um what do you think about west let's talk about him as a player now let's get, let's stop talking about the contract and the money and I, i'm getting tired of people just putting a dollar sign over over players' heads and just going at it like like that. I mean, there, there's right. there's more to it than that. Rush into Old Navy today for up to 50% off store-wide. Get dresses from $15 for women, $12 for girls. Plus, one day only tomorrow, take 50% off all Old Navy active at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1016 to 1020, select styles only. Active offer 1020, excludes in-store clearance. So as a player, what do you think the best-case scenario for Wes is this, this year? Um, best-case scenario, <clears throat> I think Wes just has to to become a more efficient player. Yeah. Um, so he, he signs in, in 15. Um, he comes in, averages about 12 and a half points per game. Um, he's shooting 36% uh, from deep. Um, and he, each year he's gotten better. Um, and so part of that's just uh, rehabbing from the injury, coming back from the injury and, and getting stronger, getting more confident, getting more explosive. Um, and then part of that's just getting used to, to playing in Dallas. Um, but best case scenario is he continues that trend. Um, I'm not going to say that he's going to increase his points per game average. Last season he was averaging 13 and a half um, points per game. So I think it's kind of a stretch to say that Wes is going to score more, especially when you consider uh, Dennis Smith Jr. coming onto the scene. Um, Seth Curry probably playing a little bit more. Um, Nerlens Noel playing more. I don't think Wes is going to um, score more. Um, but if he can up his three-point percentage from 36% to, say, maybe 38%, um, I think that's a win for him this season. 
Um, shooting from uh, the field, he's averaging um, maybe about 10, 11 shots per game, shooting those at 38%. Obviously, that needs to be north of 40. <laughs> that is awful. Uh, yeah, that is not good. Um, but really, at, at this point, um, with a, a penetrator like Smith Jr., um, a scoring guard like Curry off the bench, and then obviously Dirk opening up everything um, for everyone. Um, really, Matthews can can kind of be relegated to just a, a spot-up shooter, a 3 and D specialist. So if he can get that three-point percentage um, up to about 38%, 39%, um, then I think that's a, a, a big win for Wes and a big win for Dallas. Kind of kind of lighten the burden offensively for Wes and just allow him to spot up and, and then just hound the, the opposing player's best perimeter uh, or the opposing team's best perimeter player. Um, that's kind of how I see Wes's season playing out if all goes according to plan. Um, but again, we'll see if, if injuries strike um and kind of what happens going going from there yeah like he's a three and d player i mean that that's what he is and so he's been he's been a little miscast like in the, on this team a little and when you look at that field goal percentage a lot of the one of the big things people always bring up on twitter or reddit or wherever is that oh west shot terrible from the field west shot terrible from the field well he takes about six threes a game and he takes 11 field goals you know he takes 11 total field goals per game like you said so that's about five field goals that are not threes at that point. Right. Wes averaged 3.7 drives a game last year. So basically he's taking one mid-range shot and then getting three, like basically four drives a game. Wes is not a drive in, you know, Wes is not a driving player. Wes is not like a Derrick Rose in his prime kind of guy that, that's going to do that. He's not even, like he's not even, that's not even remotely what he does. He only scored 52% of the time on those drives uh, with about two points a game on those. And so you look at that, you're saying, well, he's miscast. He's having to drive a bunch of times. Then he, you know, he, those are the, that's the same amount of drives as Curry average last year, uh, Seth Curry average last year. So he, he's driving too much. And then he's, you know, the other part of his game is to, to hit the three. And so he is hitting it, uh, at, you know, 36%, which is, is pretty good. I mean, it's not awesome. It's not amazing, but it's, it's a good clip then the rest of that field goal percentage can be attributed to, well, he's miscast and he's having to do stuff out of the offense that he's not really, as a player, ideally he wouldn't be doing. So I think this a lot of this gets fixed with Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, when people say that, yes, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to come in and his role in the offense will fix you know, what Wes has been doing, I think that's where it's going to be. He's going to be driving less. He's going to be receiving kicks, a lot more catch and shoot because Dennis Smith Jr. is a guy that drives and should drive that many times, if not way more than it. So, yeah, best case scenario, I, I totally get you on that. And then uh, worst case scenario for him as a player, where do you see Wes? Like, what's his floor? Like, what kind of regression could we potentially see from Wes? Oh, man. Um, I mean, like I, I previously said, all signs point to Wes just continuing the trend of, of improving, becoming more efficient. Um, and so I guess worst case scenario would just be um, for him to completely buck that trend and um, – become a less efficient player, uh, score less, defend less. It's kind of hard to quantify. So he's going to um, shoot like 35% from the field and everyone's just going yeah. to be a mutiny. <laughs> yeah. If he's shooting 35% from the field, um, or even three from, uh, behind the three point line and, um, taking about six or seven threes, then, then that will not be good. I think we'll see a lot more of a uh, Seth Curry if that was the case. Um, but yeah, if he's just, um, uh, 
his streakiness just continues. Um, he goes cold for long spells of the season. Um, looks less explosive. Um, I think that's just kind of the worst case scenario. I mean, this guy's a, a fighter by by all yeah. means and reports. So um, just to see that and, and all his hard work kind of take a nosedive, um, that'd be just very disheartening, uh, both emotionally and physically for him. So um, yeah, if he just becomes a less efficient player, um, then yeah, that's that's kind of the worst case scenario in my mind. Yeah, and on the defensive side, I could see him maybe slipping a little. Let's say that he is on that he's on that downward trend, you know, athletically, and we just see sort of a, you know, a dip in that because that's where he was really good last year. And when Isaac and I are still, you know, when we talk on the pod, when we're still like very high on him, it's on the defensive end. He is still really good. I mean, we've seen some some really clutch plays from him where he will stop James Harden, you know, at the end of games or you know things like that. Where we'll just see him play really, really good defense. That's the that's the area that it's way harder to quantify. Like, there's no good numbers to do it. We can use you know defensive real plus minus and junk like that, but you know, like we don't even know how that's calculated. Right. But you know, there's not really any good numbers to do that. But with West, the defensive end could slip a little. The offense, I don't know how it gets worse <laughs> than the, kind of how it was last year uh the three-point percentage i guess could dip but we're assuming that it won't because we're hoping that he gets more open threes um the split for for west from pre and post all-star is something that i i found interesting because pre all-star uh break which all-star breaks in mid-february if you guys don't know uh west is shooting 38 percent from three 40 percent from the field Post All Star, he was shooting thirty three percent from the field and twenty nine percent, basically thirty percent from three. And so, if you look at that, I mean, just the consistency, I think, is what a lot of fans got upset with. And if we see more inconsistent Wes, that's I think the worst case scenario. If we see these long stretches where he's going zero for six, zero for five, zero for you know whatever from three, we just see him just clunking up shots. Then that's I think what could get worst case scenario, and that's where you could get fans even more upset because fan, a lot of fans are just looking at the box scores. Now, not that the listeners are locked on Mavs; they look into more than that. They watch the games; they're there; they're locked in. That's they they know what they're doing. But a lot of fans just look at the box score. They say, "Well, he missed you know six threes tonight, and so it's you know worse. It's terrible for Wes, and he's not doing well. And then he'll get even more of a revolt. So the inconsistency I think for him." Maybe a slippage on the athletic side, which will hurt his defense. I think that's probably the worst-case scenario. Any final thoughts on West before we before we end it here on the preview? No, yeah, I think it's a, it, it's good that you brought up the, the pre- and post-All-Star splits. Um, I think where West gets into trouble, and it's not necessarily by his own doing, but um, he just does so much for this team, especially on the defensive end, and, and carries such a, a heavy burden on that end. That I think he just gets worn down. Yeah, just guarding um, players out of his position too. I remember not to interrupt you, but just like one thing that I remember from Media Day last year was Wes was excited. He was very excited that Harrison Barnes was here because he was like, he said, "quote Yeah, now I get to guard my own position." You know, like <laughs> you can just feel like in his voice that he was annoyed that he had to guard threes last year, and he had to do it again this year. So yeah, and I, I'm assuming he's going to have to do it again this this upcoming year. So. Yeah, and he's playing about 34 minutes per game last season um, and the season before. I think if Dallas could, um, and you know, they don't really have the luxury of doing this, but if they could somehow limit his minutes a little, uh, maybe play him around 30, 31 minutes per game, um, that'll that'll probably keep him fresher later on into the season to where we won't see such a stark um, difference in between his 
um, pre All Star and post All Star split. Excuse me, splits. So maybe if they can just um, manage him a little bit better, um, give him a little bit more rest throughout the season, um, maybe we'll see a little bit more of a consistent West West Matthews. And it, to your point, I think that the attrition at the end of the season, yes, some of that I think is minutes, some of that I think is just wear and tear. I think some of it was honestly just the the season being as bad as it was wearing on him. I, I just saw – last year was my first year covering the team, but I just saw throughout the year him just be so down on himself and so down on the team in the locker room after the game, you know, just like sitting, sulking. He would, we would duck out, you know, early a lot of the time and we wouldn't even see him or he would just wait forever and try to wait it out, <laughs> wait all of us out. And I think it just weighed on him. And so I, I think that being on an awful team, it's not very motivating. And I don't know I, – I can't speak to whether he did – he was – not doing the extra work he normally does. I can't speak to the fact that, you know, his, his maybe his work ethic and practice maybe was was less. But the fact that, you know, he just so down on on the season and on himself and he just got more and more frustrated. I think that just kind of spiraled and, and snowballed on him. Yeah, I, I agree fully. Um as as much of a competitor as Wes appears to be, um going through a losing season like that just yeah. has to take a toll on you um physically, emotionally. Um, so I don't know, maybe, uh, with an exciting young point guard in, in Smith jr. Um, a full season with Nerlens. Um, I don't know, maybe there'll just be some rejuvenation. Um, I don't know if Wes needs any more motivation than he already has. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I know I'm looking, looking forward to this season. Um, it seems like he's going to be in a, maybe the pieces aren't as, I don't know, maybe they are as, as talented as as they've been since Wes has been here, but he seems to to have a much more defined role, at least in my mind. Um, who knows the guy that gets paid millions of dollars to coach and has won a championship probably has better <laughs> ideas than I do. Uh, but it seems like like Wes will have a a, a good uh, defined solid role, um, a niche that he can specialize in. Um, so we'll see we'll see how the season plays out, and, and I'm looking forward to to seeing Wes play. I am looking forward to seeing Wes play too. I'm hoping that he will silence the haters. And you're saying that you were saying earlier that he didn't, he lost some stuff, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically. He did not lose anything fashionably. He was, he was coming. He was bringing it every game. <laughs> That's right. So thanks so much, Sam, for joining us on Lockdown Mavs for the Mavs Moneyball preview. Uh, we'll continue these more with more player previews and uh, go read Sam's article on Mavs Moneyball if you're not already there listening to this. Uh, and thanks so much for joining us, guys. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.